everybody, and welcome to a special virtual episode of Jackman Radio's Politics and Pints. I'm your co-host, Mike Jackman, joined as always by the other twin, Mr. Eric Jackman. And we're very excited today. Um, we have a, uh, a friend of, uh, geez, 13, probably 13, 14 years now, guys. Friend of 14 years, um, an OG in searching for the truth and uh, telling the truth about what's going on. Uh, a, a producer of Loose Change, second edition, Loose Change, final cut. Um, he created the films Invisible Empire, uh, Fabled Enemies, which is still one of the best films about 9-11. Folks, we have the Info Warrior. We got the leader of the Burmese Brigade, Jason Burmese. Jason, how you doing today, man? I'm super excited to be here. I think you guys know that I'm super excited to be here. I wish we could have done it in person, but I guess that everybody uh, is now doing everything virtual, even though uh, all those talk shows that are hackneyed and terrible and have been for uh, decades are even more apparent that they are hackneyed and terrible. And as I understand it, gentlemen, um, we are going to be having some pints. So I have my Red Jug Pub, uh, the bar I used to run, mm. uh, glass here. I'm wearing my Sunday Fun Day Red Jug Pub t-shirt. And Perfect. I'm making a decision on whether we're going to open up with Bengali or the crisp? What should I do here, guys? Well, what's the difference? What, what, are, you, what are you looking to achieve? I mean, what, what, well, what are we talking I don't know if there's an achievement here, gentlemen. You know, <laughs> I, um, you know, I've had beers in my day. I normally don't drink alone, but obviously I'm not alone because I'm with you two guys. Uh, we're going to leave the almost invisible resin beer <laughs> uh, for, for the coup de grace. We go there because this is a 9.1. Um, but basically, one of the things I stocked up on uh, just to kind of have in this whole madness situation was booze. I never have booze at home. I'm, I'm a social drinker. I go out to the bars to socialize. It's not like a big part of my life. Um, but with everything going on, I thought to myself, well, I better grab uh, some varieties of beers in case I need some. And I'm glad I did so. So what do you think, guys? Crisp or Bengali? All right. Oh. You know what? You got to go with the Benghazi and then almost invisible empire later. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of, Jason. I'll you you, you teed it up, man. You teed it up. We got to do the Benghazi first. There we go. And it's go the Benghazi. Benghazi. Let's get a professional pour here, gentlemen. Oh, make yeah. that, that Let's see that tilt. Look at that tilt. Yeah, yeah look at the tilt. Okay. It's so easy. A lot of people don't understand. All you want to do is keep that close to the glass, not quite hit it until the pour is there. And wow. then you're going to have a, a healthy but not an overt um, head on the top of your beer for some deliciousness right True there. professional. And as always, we want to thank uh, Post and Beam Brewing, where we film our shows normally, uh, which is in our neighborhood. And uh, Erica and Jeff, thank you so much for providing a Growlers to go from a safe distance. And we, we are drinking the Nocturnal Me Kolsch from Post and Beam Brewing tonight. So, yeah. Cheers yeah. to you, Jason. Yeah. Hey, cheers. Cheers, you gentlemen. cheers indeed. Cheers. cheers all the way around. So I guess I guess we got to start with with what's going on, what everyone's thinking about and talking about. Um, although today, thankfully, we were able to forget about it for a couple hours because we did some some uh, you know safe social distancing with some friends. So we talked about um, you know something other than this. But the coronavirus, you've been covering this, I think, since December or January. What 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 uh, what do you make of where we are now in uh, April with the coronavirus, Jason? 
I mean, it's really tough because there are some people that are just in complete denial that any of it's real. And that's frustrating uh, to me, especially being in New York and talking to nurses on the scene and trying to break down the numbers, numbers so much. Um, I'm glad that it seems like the lockdown is subsiding and that the militarization is not as bad as I feared it would be. Uh, I think we have a long way to go because there's so much rhetoric being uh, thrown out. And I also think that the economic reper uh, repercussions of all this have uh, barely been felt at this point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think there's, you know, we were saying earlier, there's almost two, there's, there's two camps with the coronavirus. There's some people who kind of feel like the whole thing is a giant hoax, um, which I don't agree with. And then there's some people who think um, you have to stay inside, never go out and totally um, react as if this were like the end of the world. I think we have to meet somewhere in the middle and we should you know, be safe with what we're doing and, and, and just use some of our own uh, intelligence. And the, the word you like to use, the D word, discernment. And, uh, you know, the last five plus weeks, we've been doing that. I mean, my, my uncle and my aunt uh, have it. One of my friends has it. And it is serious. I mean, th these are otherwise healthy people who are uh, having trouble breathing. And uh, it, it's real. So, you know, it, it, the numbers, I mean, we can talk about the numbers. We can talk about the infection rate. Um, we can talk about the origins. But this is actually a real thing that's going on. And, um you know, I think another thing we should pay attention to is how the powers that be are going to respond and are going to use this uh, situation to consolidate more power and to, uh, you know, keep us in a state of perpetual fear. Absolutely. And they really all already have. Right. Um, and, and they've caused so much confusion. Right. We, we're not allowed to talk about this being biological warfare unless we go along with a mainstream line. In other words, that it leaked out of a bio lab in Wuhan. There are very you know, strict rules about what we can say. It has to leak out of a bio lab in Wuhan and it can't be an actual bio weapon. They were actually working on a vaccine and it still had to go to the animal and the pangolin. Uh, for some reason in 2020, we can uh, acknowledge a lot of uh, man's technological feats, good or bad, uh, nuclear power, nuclear weapons, etc. But we can't seem to acknowledge that biological warfare has been a fact of human existence now for four plus decades that we have seen visibly, uh, Vietnam being most uh, prominent example, but we go through the human experimentation that we did on our own citizens here in the United States. Again, Tuskegee being the most publicized, but far from the only programs uh, that were played out. So that's alarming. And it's alarming, you know, to me at least, that this was kind of the basis without any, um, any reason given to me at all, any warning given to me to demonetize my entire channel, make me go to the GoFundMe fully, Right. Uh, I still haven't gotten an explanation. I've just been told that I can no longer monetize any content and I have I have no recourse for that. And yet 90 plus percent of what I do is not speculate, but bring up mainstream media articles. Correct. And mainstream uh, media clips and government documents that are legitimate and go over them with my audience. That's all. That's 90 percent of my content. And somehow that's harmful. It's, that's pretty alarming to me. There's got to be somebody who's kind of keeping track of, of what's going there, there, There's probably someone who's on the payroll at YouTube and, and Google who their, their main job is just to look at guys like you. I mean, now that you have, congr and congratulations, by the way, for breaching 50,000 subs. That's yeah, awesome. let's drink to that. Yeah, let's drink to that, man. Congratulations, that's freaking, Jason. That's that freaking is beautiful. awesome, man. Yeah. You are, you are doing, Burmish, you are doing fucking laps around 
the legacy media. You were doing laps around them, my friend. So you were to, you were to be lauded for that. Well, yeah, I appreciate I, it. But I mean, again, when the legacy media isn't pointing out the fact and obviously had the resources to do so that being put on a ventilator was an 80 to 90% death sentence. <laughs> and for me to start saying that, and then people saying I'm fear mongering, and then for that to become a mainline talking point, point because of doctors like uh, Dr. Sedell, Cameron Sedell down in New York City and his video going viral. And notice the mainstream didn't latch onto that video. You just eventually heard, oh, well, they're treating this a little differently now. And if you go on a ventilator, yes, it is an 80% chance that you're going to die. I mean, these are facts. And uh, again, you can look at the numbers, especially in New York, where the biggest outbreak has happened in this country. And you have, you know, not tens of thousands yet, but on the brink of tens of thousands, that's almost 20,000 unaccounted for deaths that don't seem to fit into the averages of previous years. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because a lot of people are, uh, seem to be just listening to the Cuomo brothers or to Bill Gates. Now who, who anointed Bill Gates in, in charge of this whole deal? And I wanted to ask you about Bill Gates, Burmis, because you talk about him obviously in your channel and you've had Whitney Webb on and you've talked about, you know, um, Gates's connections to Jeffrey Epstein, which we can get into later. Um, but this, I mean, you see so many people sharing memes on Facebook where Bill Gates is this God. Now he, he's this Godhead. We have to listen to him. We got to share his memes. We got to watch his fucking Netflix series and just, you know, pray to the altar of Bill Gates. And, and you got, you have two extremes. Again, you have people who love him and think he's, the, which I think polls show he's the most respected or admired man in the entire globe. And then you have people who hate him and think he's behind everything nefarious. What's your take? Um, well, I kind of lean towards sympathy for those that are at least observant enough to realize that um, there might be something else behind his motivations to create GMO mosquitoes, to vaccinate people against malaria or to have hurricane machines that can knock out storms and control the weather or <laughs> when he puts up equations at ted talks and i was showing somebody this earlier where you had um an equation that essentially said that either we find zero point energy or we have to end all life on earth that emits carbon uh dioxide and please check it out yourself I can see where people are skeptical when the media props him up with guys like David Rockefeller, Henry Kissinger, Ted Turner at the super best friends meeting with Michael Bloomberg and Oprah Winfrey, uh, where they're going to take on population control back in 2009. Yeah, I've got questions. And a lot of people don't understand, you know, these experimentations that are going on often aren't done through these foundations in the United States. Why? Because it would be illegal and inhumane to do them here. And we have to remember that India kicked the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation out of their country uh, based on allegations uh, by people that they were harming uh, citizens. Now, in court, I believe the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation won, so I'm going to be very careful here. But that didn't mean they didn't get them the fuck out of there. And um, that should show you the kind of power that people outside of nation states have. You know, George Soros did meet with that group I just talked about. That's not a joke. Like, that group really met in 2009 to talk about population control. Um, at the same time, 
I'm not accusing any of those people individually of releasing this on their own. And I'm certainly not going with the narrative. It was a, an American bioweapon, like China's blaming, right? China and uh, Iran have now publicly stated that. And now we're floating the idea in the United States through the Epic Times documentary and um, Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson and others that it's a leak from that bio lab in Wuhan, et cetera. Those seem to be more accepted narratives uh, but how many bio labs are there and how many um, groups outside of nation states have a desire to control humanity? You know, why does it have to be China or America? Let's, let's face it, man. Our intelligence agencies, the CIA, the FBI, even the Mossad, they don't do the dirty work anymore. They hire Stratford or subbed out. Hamilton yeah. Yeah. Or it's subbed Black out. Cube. Right. So, what, what's not to say you got just somebody that's ready to go rogue and put this out there for, for their own benefit before they die, before they meet their maker? There's so many scenarios on who could have put this out. Um, I often liken it to children of men. Why? Because in that post-world where nobody uh, can have children and this virus is spread, you've got the people that don't trust the government, the people that think it was, uh, you know, um, rogue groups, the, the the people that think it's natural. I mean, there's just so many conflicting narratives. Nobody knows who to trust anymore. And uh, you got to remember the guys at the top, the Bilderberg group, what was one of their, uh, what was one of their uh, directives? Uh, the post-truth world. <laughs> well, post-truth world. And we now have a post-truth presidency where you can't even keep up on the lying and the obfuscation and the bullshit and uh, just covering up and misdirection and, and, it's unbelievable, Burmis. I mean, you, you, you know, and this is what I love about what you do, Burmis, because there's things about Trump we all like. Like, there's things that the Jackman Brothers, we love about Trump. I know there's things you love about him. But then there's things you're like, Jesus, Trump, man, that sucks. That's stupid. You're ill-informed. You have a bunch of neocon vipers around you, warmongering assholes who want to go into Iran. They want to do the bidding of Netanyahu, the bidding of Saudi Arabia, you know, X, Y, and Z. But, um, you know... <laughs> where are we going? I mean, is Trump, who, who, who is, who's leading Trump? Is he just, is he just like totally oblivious and not even understanding what's happening with this whole thing? Or is there, or is he following a narrative from someone during this whole virus? Here, here's how I feel about the whole thing. Um, especially with the coronavirus in particular, I don't think they were straight up with him. In fact, before the Red Dawn emails came out, I predicted you would see more and more leaks that would suggest that the administration should have been more prepared. But again, no direct links to Trump outside of maybe a briefing, right? Like a little small memo. And during this time, uh, you can damn well bet with all of the CEOs that left, even um, Bob Iger at one time of Disney and then having to come back in, you know, and that was later on in the game. Prior to that, in places like November, you saw two big Google CEOs step down. Saw this kind of record number. Let me tell you why you saw that, because those people work internationally. Those people realized this was real. <laughs> they realized they, they locked down Wuhan, China for a reason. They knew it was going to come to the United States at some point. And when you saw uh, all these second, then first world nations also locking down, they knew it was coming here. So the economics, uh, who knew, right, where it was going to go from there. That means our intelligence community knew. That, that means at some point pretty early on, 
Michael Pompeo knew, okay, as Secretary of State and ex-head of the CIA. That means Gina Haspel knew. That means even the Department of Justice, Bill Barr, knew. But they all patted around Trump and said, listen, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Let's go with the WHO. We'll just go by their guidelines, et cetera, et cetera. And then other people were like, well, maybe we should take it a little more seriously. That's why we stopped um, the uh, flights from China, right? And then he was xenophobic, yeah. and I mean, the media right. ran yeah. with all that. And he Pelosi was, and, yeah, all that. Everybody. Yeah. What, what about the uh, – so what was the name of that um, – uh, basically drill that happened was it last year was it called dark water or dark uh dark winter but that's a uh, i believe dark winter was much longer than a year ago um, so that was like a scripted simulation of what would happen if a pandemic broke out basically well, well the one that happened just before it was event 201 dark winter is much older but event 201 i mean when you're talking about the the talking heads they put on television during the real pandemic and the ones that were at this table which was put on at Davos, the World Economic Forum, with Johns Hopkins University and Tom Inglesby moderating the whole thing in conjunction with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface because we didn't talk about how the Chinese CDC was there, the American CDC was there, Stephen Rice there, and then you have George Gal. I mean, George Gal, by the WHO standards, they phoned it in, by the way. They didn't have an actual representative. They just did some, some free video. Did a conference call. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they phoned it in. Um, well, it, <laughs> George Gao was allowed to double the mortality numbers in a day for China with no repercussions at all, no pushback. Right, That yeah. should tell you how corrupt these people are and right, who they're sitting with. Yeah, John, well, I, well it, and you've talked about it, too, with, with the same thing with, with anthrax. I mean, people have a, such, a, such a short memory. I mean, that was, you know, that was under 19 years ago, just after 9-11. And um, a lot of the actors who were involved in anthrax, and, and you've talked to Whitney Webb about this. Uh, hopefully we can get her on at some point, um, are, are now involved uh, telling us about the coronavirus. So it's, it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah, all these same players. And again, if you talk about biological warfare, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. You're so nutty. But in the Project for a New American Century document that so many people point out with that new Pearl Harbor, what else are they talking about? Biological warfare in the coming decades. Catalyzing events, yeah. new mechanism. That's a reality. I didn't put it on paper. I'm not part of anything tank. Nobody's saying, Jason Burmis, come on into the Council on Foreign Relations of the Trilateral Commission. We need your ass. But there's, <laughs> they're out there. I mean, they wouldn't want you there, man. They wouldn't want you there. You know, so so it sounds like um, it sounds like Bilderberg's definitely canceled because that's usually in June. And um, you've been talking a lot about the uh, Bohemian Grove, the history of the Grove. You've got those really incredible. Um, they're like encyclopedias. They're like official. They're like yearbooks. They're like junior high yearbooks of the Grove. Um, the you know annals of all these uh, all these elites cross dressing and worshiping an owl and and uh, th those are the people that are in charge that that are the opinion makers that shape perception that decide on war and peace on the economy and uh, not many people have uh, much of an idea about that so what's that all about yeah you know it's been something I've been interested in for how long you know if you've seen Invisible Empire you know I had a couple of them back then I've always been enthralled so. Over the years, I picked up several. Um, my interest has re-peaked as I'm trying to find things that, excuse me, 
Excuse oh, me. Oh, yeah. Weaving spiders may not enter. Yeah, the suds have a worse time. I'll, we'll get to that in a second. That's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I can't, I can't wait to talk to you about your trip to D.C. I can't wait. Oh, oh I was even just going to get into the people that are in my chat rooms. Um, oh, you got, you got some trolls? Got into the Grove uh, back in the day when I literally I had Rob Jacobs. Because at one point they re-released Dark Secrets uh, inside Bohemian Grove. Yeah. Uh, with, with the footage being remastered, etc. And uh, we'll get that right out of the way. <laughs> with remastering etc and when they did that he showed me how he stabilized the footage right right and aside from that i was also in like the archive so i like actually handled the footage that said bohemian grove and we watched the raw db tapes of some of alex getting through that it wasn't published or whatever and i gotta hear people say that he didn't really get in or no, no he, he was, was there at 99 or 2000 what year did he do that it's in 98 i think I think it was a 98. No, Burmish, that was Burmish. Yeah. There's, no, there's no doubt. Full stop. 100%. Emmerich fucking penetrated the grove. He got into the grove. We went there. I had the owl up my ass. I, I did the code. I rattled off the codes. All right. We talked We talked about the Phoenix Project. It was unbelievable. David Rockefeller gave me a hand job, folks, but I'm not gay. Infowars.com. <laughs> so what's really interesting outside of like the weird occult stuff and the owl, and believe me, I go into all that and the cross-dressing and the, and the man's club. Um, is the things that I can actually learn from these annals that I'm getting. Because they're not every year, by the way. They're that, I've, every I've 10, 12 years? 10. I've got, well, I've only got no. 10 of them. There's, and there's only 10. Well, and, one, one volume might be from like 1970 to 1985 or something, right? Like, yeah, something but like that. one that just is the centennial edition that's extremely thick. That that does a lot more than that. And the thing no, Burma, is, is, is thick spelled T-H-I-C-C? <laughs> One day. Yes, I, I make love to the books. And I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to pick your brain, Burmese. Dude, has Donald Trump ever been to Bohemian Grove? Look, I went there. It was so gay. It was so disgusting. I went to plenty of Elton John concerts. I didn't need to go to Bohemian Grove. Well, let's say this. What do you think, Burmese? Um, if he doesn't go, he would be the first Republican president not to go since Coolidge. So if right. he hasn't Shit. gone yet. Dude. Are you, Burmish, are you fucking serious? You would be the first. I, I got a picture in there of George Bush with a bunch of people dressed like spooks. Back oh, I, yeah, yeah, they're kind of, they're I, like, I, making I, I love that it. picture. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of, and Mike, that reminds me, Burmish, when, when we, you know, we sat down with Andy Card. You know, we're, we're actually, we're bros with Andy Card. We know him. Okay. And Mike was just like, kind of off the cuff, like George, George H.W. Bush. He was he CIA before he was director? No, no, he no, 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 no. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the I fucking. It's so funny because um, I just had a fraternity brother, older guy, uh, over. And we were supposed to have our alumni weekend this weekend. And he lives about 90 miles out. So he just wanted to get the chicken from the place and wanted to get out of the house or whatever. So he came over. And I was literally showing him not, not half an hour ago right before we started footage of George H W Bush and the memo from J Edgar Hoover of him being at Dallas as the head CIA mm. officer, George Bush in the CIA. Of, yeah. Showing him footage of the secret service um, being called off a JFK's car just before the assassination and showing him how Hinckley, the man that shot Reagan 69 days, I think into his presidency his family was heavily connected to the Bush family and that Hinckley is no longer in jail. So, yeah, his brother was supposed to meet with, um, with uh, Marvin Bush or Neil Bush Neil. that night. 
Neil Bush yeah. that night. Now, the yeah. next night they were supposed to have dinner and they had called that off. Um, to get back to the Grove and how interesting yeah. it is. I, I cut you off, Irvish. You were talking about the picture. They were all pretending to be spooks with Poppy Bush. I'll well, no, you you were just saying, you know, Trump. I'm just saying if he hasn't been there, you know, it would be interesting. But even more interesting than just the annals, guys. Let me show you this one. He's this got the documents. For about oh. 150 on eBay. Uh, I, more copies of, I want a copy of that. I live for this. All right, so I'm starting to read this. And what's really interesting about this, this is the greatest men's party on earth. Inside Sign me up. It's got Pan on the cover. It's uh, published oh. in 74, but I, I think that he got to go in in 72. And it's a guy named John Vanderseat, right? So he gets to go in and actually give a first-hand account and even um, has the uh, Bohemian Grove cremation of care ritual and what they say while they cremate dull care in the beginning. Talks about Richard Helms being there, etc. But if you just look, again, so important for everybody to understand about how important this is and relevant even today. Redwood in Hollywood, the bomb. Okay, there you go. Literally the nuke. referring to the nuclear project that's where it started wall yeah. street and shangri-la <laughs> in 74 oh come on jason somebody would have talked somebody would have talked about the largest secretive program of all time there's no no conspiracies can exist somebody would have talked <laughs> burmish you know what stuck with me too man when you were talking about it i think with steve you're like this is the elite's middle class <laughs> It's literally in their book. These motherfuckers are the middle class, dude. They got like a hundred million dollars. What does that make me, man? Well, brother, it's in. I can't wait to show it to everybody. I've oh, got to go in. I want to say it's in volume eight, the art volume. And I'm so mad I didn't buy that volume nine. Ooh, we're going to get that for you. We'll, we'll get it. That's your early that. Christmas gift because no one's living to Christmas. So we're going to get that for you. <laughs> We're not going yeah. to be around for Christmas. So, But, Burmus, what does that mean that these fucking guys, like – the, the dude from the Grateful Dead, um, Colin the guy Powell, from the Simpsons, Reagan, like Spinal Tap. But, dude, th these guys are middle class. I mean, what does that mean, Burmis, about the predator class like you call them? Well, it's exactly what you think it means. It's them furthering their, their agendas or their masters without really even knowing it. With feeling a fraternal bond with them, right? right. Because It is a lot of fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Hey, we're having fun, but we're not, we're not sacrificing babies and worshiping an owl. We're having a good time, folks. One of the things that really caught me already reading this, I got to find it here, but was the amount of encampments mm. that were actually yeah. in there. Oh, hillbillies? Oh, my Bohos, goodness. hillbillies, yeah. Imagine being Colin Powell's bunkmate after the fucking Iraq disaster. <laughs> it's like, oh, bro, that was kind of embarrassing. I'd here cover up my third eye, but I just got to cover up this one. <laughs> Jay-Z style. Jay-Z style. I mean, I mean the, the Bushes, man, you know, it's just like people don't even realize this shit. They think, they think about Poppy Bush Burmis when his death was, what, like a, couple, like a year or two ago? Yes. And, and, and my uncle, a funny thing about my uncle, my uncle's like, oh, my God, man, when Poppy Bush dies, I'm going to fucking tie balloons to my car, you know? <laughs> I reminded him of that, too. He's like, did I say that? To celebrate. But, like, dude, H.W. Bush was the fucking OG of, like, spying. And, and operations and surveillance. Wall and Street meeting government. Yeah. Wall Street, dude, and fucking around around the planet, Burmist, and people don't even realize this. That's why he got a big section in Invisible Empire. You know, that's why he got that who the hell is this guy section because people need to know who he is. Now, 
the Grove has grown over the years, right? But again, published in 74. Let me show you just an idea of the compartmentalization, okay? Yeah. There are 126 camps in all, okay? <laughs> Clubs within the club. Mm. Mm. Each has a main cabin with a kitchen, bathroom, shower, dining room, and bar. And a bunch well of boys. Lindsey Graham's definitely the dishwasher. <laughs> Hold on. The size and extent of these camps are astonishing, and, are, and so are the logistical problems they raise. It suddenly seems as if all the river towns are enterprises, the cabins and liquor stores, the drugs and hardware stores, glassware shops, carpenters, gas stations, bars, electricians, glaciers, all of them are based around this seasonal community of three weeks. Think about that. In July. Yeah. <laughs> now, Burmish, let me ask you, dude. Dude, the, Ken the, the Kennedys didn't fuck around with this. Jack and Bobby, they didn't Robert fuck around. Robert is in here. Robert, listen. <laughs> no, Burmish. No, say it ain't so, Burmish. Yeah, we, uh, we speak of a uh, a uh, drag show with uh, 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 people. Uh, Teddy's dressing up as the owl and uh, uh, driving off the bridge. I, I just read it, and you know me, man. Uh, no, no, I, it's not about left or right. No, it's not. In Burmish, look, you know I love the Kennedys, man. You know I love JFK. I love Bobby. I'm into the Kennedys, but dude, if you found them in there, Burmish, if you got the documents, if you can show us the documents. If there's a goblin's nest, they're getting goblin slop on them, folks. I mean, look, right above your shoulder, there's Congressman Ron Paul below the star. The star is Luciferian. That doesn't mean that Ron Paul's Luciferian. <laughs> then you got JFK, then you got Tulsi Gabbard. Hold, hold on, Mike. Burmish, tell us about Robert Kennedy. Before we get to Kennedy, because I want to be fair. I want to. I want to get to the, this one. If the president came to, uh, this is why Nixon wasn't coming the year he was there. It's faggoty. Right? So he's explaining why Nixon uh, isn't coming this year. Uh, to maintain the club's policy of excluding the press, Secretary of Defense uh, Melvin Laird is expected. However, uh, and Secretary of State William Rogers, William F. Buckley Jr. is in camp carrying a sheaf of Bach pieces which he seems determined to play on every available piano. David Niven is here, and Earl Warren, Richard Helms. Ooh. Oh, that's the ex-head of the CIA. That's juicy. Devine, juicy. Andy Devine, Herman Walk, and Art Linkletter. Now let's get, to, get oh. down to where he brings up Kennedy. Linkletter. He goes, why have the paths of American men as seemingly diverse as Dwight Eisenhower and Bobby Kennedy, Pat Brown and Richard Nixon, Earl Warren and Barry Goldwater, all passed through this one-way woods. So I, I am stoked to finish this bad boy. Whoa. What a book. Can you send that to us when you're done, Burma? So I want to read that. <laughs> I want the book. I want, I want your document. I, I want the document. Give me the book, Burma. PDF it. Okay. No, Burma, uh, Nixon's quote about the fucking grove. I don't shake hands with anybody from that, that book. He, he admits it, attending it from, t from time to time. That's the most goddamn faggoty thing you could imagine. Well, there was a hot mic that caught that. Hey, we can say it. He did say it. Hold on. I'm just quoting a president. I'm not fucking, yeah, no, I'm quoting a president. Absolutely. So, all right. So the, Ken the Kennedys, every, everybody, dude, if, you, if you've been in power in the last. You're at that level. 130 years. 125 years. Mm -hmm. Right? Doesn't this go back to the 1870s or 1880s? Well, yeah. When we 1872 is when it's founded. But 148 years in the 1850s. Check this one out right here. I know I think I showed this, but I haven't taken the picture yet. Think about these old dudes 
that had a whole bunch of owls in these in things and took a picture back in the day and got them to stay there basically. I don't know if they killed them and mounted them to get that picture. Well, one of my favorite memories of, uh, so we're in New Hampshire, as your viewers may or may not know. And one of my favorite memories from, um, you can call it truth squatting or bird dogging or asking presidential candidates a question about whatever you want to, um, if you have the balls to do it or you can get close to do it. Um, You can call it, you know, bravery or stupidity. I think it's a mixture of both on my part. But I saw I saw a former New Mexican governor, Bill Richardson, who has been named in the whole Epstein deal, which we can get to. I saw him in 2007 or 8 when he was running for president in Keene, New Hampshire. And I watched him speak. I watched him go through all his bullshit. And then, you know, there wasn't a lot of people up there. And I just kind of went up to him. And I was like, um, um, my friend wanted me to ask you, um, you spoke at the Bohemian Grove. Uh, and supposedly you were giving a talk about energy. Um, are you a member? He was like, he, he was like looking around, like uh, he was like, uh, 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 I, I spoke for like an hour, and it was just about energy policy, and, and and no, I'm not a member, and he just he couldn't get away from me quick enough. I mean, you know, it's that tells you everything, man. I don't know. Look, man, the bottom line is they call the owl a deity. I get it's about wisdom, but you know, another myth that I just bursted. Uh, They've never referred to Satan in any of their works. No, I have their internal documents. Now we know that Satan is actually speaking on behalf of care. And dull care is the Grim Reaper-like being that rose up on the boat and gives the uh, effigy to the uh, two underlings, the Neil. Is that Walter Cronkite? Walter Cronkite does a recorded intro, right? Is that him, the... uh... That is what they say. They say they use that later on because it is recorded again. Um, word for word, John Vandersee actually says what they uh, say in the representation. Well, you know, there were news clips out there. I, uh, I put out, for instance, um, you know, when they were talking about the bomb and all that other stuff, it's an invisible empire. And the cross-dressing aspect to me, um, <laughs> you know, to me it shows you just like how repressed – Mm. And million yeah. a lot of these and like they're still are. in college, you know. I mean, do you think ultimately a lot of these guys are just trying to get away from their wives and blow off some steam for a long weekend? That's some of it, but I think it's more, especially with this club, is you know, again, men of power. They realize, mm. yeah, you know, how how much that they can gain from this. Um, but again, what's it based in? It's based in paganism, right? Even before the owl deity, they had the um, the giant Buddha. In fact, mm-hmm. in one of these. Um, you can see them actually erecting it. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, It's interesting, too. I read a, a, an interesting blind that two, I believe it was two members of Congress um, contracted HIV, later died of AIDS from a male prostitute up there in the 70s. Uh, they, died, they died in the but, 80s or 90s. Or I think it was the 80s, but you, you guys can look. I don't remember the names, but they have, they have gay prostitutes up there. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's kind of a known thing. Well, you know, and like you, know, you said, like you said in a lot of up. a lot of your reports, you know, these are guys who are touting uh, good Christian family values. Meanwhile, they're you know <laughs> they're the Ted Haggerts of the world. Yeah. Well, I just want to put this right out there because we have the documents. And, What's that uh, premise? Gentleman was there. If you can read that, it says not just men but boys and men <sighs> um, work there. I'm not saying, you know, that. Something definitely happened with boys. I know there are allegations out there in the Franklin cover-up, et cetera. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, Chad Savage, mm-hmm. uh, the male, yeah. Uh, yeah. male yep. porn star. Was there in Gay porn star. If you watch Invisible Empire, the person that, they, that works there that's talking about the stunts that these guys pull is obviously a gay man. Um, again, I have no problem with um, what you do as an adult with other adults. I have a problem when you portray yourself as a Christian conservative to fleece the masses in a, in a chameleon-like manner. Like Larry Craig, yeah, or any, any of those guys, really, you know? No, nope. he had a wide stance. Larry Craig had a wide – in his defense, he had a wide stance. Bermers, well, did, you, did you watch the uh, documentary about the family? Which family? Um, the one that Mark Sanford's a part of, and they do the prayer breakfast in D.C. On Netflix. It's on, on Netflix. Netflix. No, I have not. No, I'm not. Oh man, yeah, you gotta check it out, man. The family is—they're—they're uh, they're everywhere, and um, you know, Mike and I interviewed Mark Sanford, and, and it was something that I—I uh, I, I debated. You know, am I gonna ask him about it? Should I ask him about it? If I do, will he get out and walk out out of our? We had interview? like 15 minutes with him. That was like one of our most rushed interviews, even though he dropped out of the race that day. So, what Never. exactly is the family about? Just just like the international cartel that's out there. Yeah, so the family, they basically, the guy behind it who, who started it going back to like World War II times was a Nazi fan, like a, like a fanboy of the Nazis' practices and what they believed and how they did things. And it was like, you know, masked as a male organization, your community, you're going to do good, you're going to network with business leaders, political leaders, people in media you know, people in government, you know, and, and, and bring it all together. And uh, Mark Sanford was part of the family. And, and Mike, you might need to John Enzyme from Nevada and, and other people. And they were like basically living rent free on Capitol Hill. Um, in like a big row house. In a was- big row house right near Capitol Hill, which I walked by when I lived in D.C. for a year. And I was like, holy fuck, they lived here. And they were like essentially living rent free. And it was, I don't know, it's like basically a cult. And I don't know, I, I, I wish I asked him about it. One of these finder situations where some kind of counterculture group has all these connections and, uh, and you don't know what's actually going on. Yeah, it's what, shady. It's definitely shady. What do you yeah. think, Mike? What is the family, Mike? Well, I think it's, I think, unfortunately, with the whole Sanford deal, um, which was one of the largest political scandals of the last um, probably 15 years, which was really, I mean, he was, he was, committing infidelity on his wife, obviously. And, and with, uh, he was stooping um, some hot girl in Argentina. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, then there's other, there, the documentary goes into the other infidelities that were committed with people who were clo- from Nevada. Right. And people who were close to him and, and uh, the guidance that they sought from the family. Right. And I think, I think it's like anything, man, whether it's skull and bones, you know, which you cover extensively or any other organization or cult, they have blackmailable material on each other. They have compromise. Um, they, they know each other intricately from a very young age. And uh, if you step out of line or you, you misspeak about it, you know, you could be excommunicated and your whole career could be ruined. So him, you know, having the affair with his, with, with uh, the gal down in, what was it? Uh, Argentina. Argentina. You know, that's really not really a big deal. It's kind of the tip of the iceberg, but they made that the focus and they made that the story um, as opposed to the, uh, to the shadowy organization that runs the national prayer breakfast and has that grift going for several decades back. So I guess what I'm saying, Jason, is like my birthday is in October. My birthday wish is I want to Burmese deep dive into the family for my birthday. Into the family. I, all right. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to check it. 
and, and we, then, will, we will get into it and um, I'm definitely something I'm interested in now that you gentlemen have made me aware of it. So switching gears a little bit, but not too much. We're going to keep on the predator class. Jason, you have done some of the best work on the Jeffrey Epstein case. Every single person that I've talked to for, I mean, going back years, I mean, Eric and I have been talking about Epstein for years, but you, you through your channel, through the work you've done, you've been saying this stuff about Epstein that is just common knowledge now, but years ago to reporting on the black book, reporting on his associations with Clinton, reporting Wexner. on his associations with Les Wexner, Donald Trump. And now you are, you have back channels with the first victim to go to the authorities in 96, Maria Farmer. Talk to us about that. Yeah. It's so important, right? Because it was only a year ago that her story breaks onto the scene about Epstein and how old is her story? Well, it's in 1996, before I graduated high school, for God's sakes. Um, and she not only went to the FBI about Epstein and Les Wexner and his network, but she went to the NYPD. Why is that significant? Nothing was ever done. Nothing was ever done. She went to the press as well. They're the cover-up crew. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Bill Barr isn't here to fight the deep state. He's here to protect them with limited hangouts. That's, That's the cleanup crew. That's the cleanup crew. I, I don't know what else to say to people because if you can't understand that a woman who literally talked about a network that was taping people with a man surveillance crew in the basement everywhere in a New York mansion, that's a problem. And nothing's ever done. And her and her sister. Uh, her sister, by the way, underage, are sexually assaulted. Nothing's ever done. Why did people not question that? And then it takes, what, another, uh, you know, over 10 years for the Palm Beach situation to finally develop. And then, what, this still doesn't make the media until 2019. And then the media refuses to talk about some of the things that she told them, including the fact that the Filipino women that worked at these estates were stolen women, including the fact that they couldn't find many of these victims and she suspected that they were killed, including the fact that this guy had financial ties, not only to Bill Gates and Donald Trump, but Les Wexner, who was the head of the snake. You know, that this is an intelligence network, that they are dealing in women, young girls, children, arms, drugs, and Les Wexner's not just the guy that owns Victoria's Secret and limited brands. These right. are essential things that people need to understand. And even I was extremely ignorant to just a few years ago, but I was smart enough uh, because of the reporting uh, in Filthy Rich and others to know that Trump at least had a connection with Epstein. See, here's the problem, right? Like you said, there's some things you love about Donald, right? Uh, you know, Donald will call out the press when they make up an obvious lie like no other president. He'll yeah. say the military-industrial complex. He right? punked Jeb Bush. He completely punked Jeb Bush. <laughs> we Give saw it, it to him, Donnie. Give it to him. But I wasn't ignorant enough before the video came out with him and Epstein to say they had no relationship. I said, look, right. we have a document at least that Epstein wrote on his plane. What are the chances that he didn't write on his plane? I go on, that doesn't make him a child molester, but he definitely had a relationship with the guy. And then later on, when more reporting came out, and, and it was said that Melania may have been basically one of the girls that auditioned for Donald via a Jeffrey Epstein uh, party, that's very possible. 
Well, Burmas, not ignore that. Not only that, Burmas, fucking Maria disclosing to Whitney Webb that Ivana is traveling with Ghislaine Maxwell to get young girls from these fucking schools in New York City. What the fuck's that all about, man? That's a huge revelation. Huge. And, and again, a lot of people aren't going to touch on that. But if you think about it, and you see the reporting I did on Claude Hadid, who's also in that Epstein uh, book, it makes perfect sense hmm. because those are the type of girls, you know, 13 and 14-year-olds in the 80s that were extremely vulnerable and they would bring over to Europe and have them basically live in a house where they would compete with each other five or six at a time and be molested by these guys. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, so we have, we have, you know, Trump who really, I mean, let's be honest, man, Trump's up to his neck with the, with the Epstein shit. And it's not just him saying, look, I wasn't a fan of Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. I was not really close to him. I wasn't a fan. Then you got the footage of him. He's all horned up. He's fucking, they're dancing next to each other. They're at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, the, 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 the thought that it's just a real estate deal gone bad. I, I think there's probably more to it. And, um, of course, his relationship with the Clintons. I mean, that's, you know, there's any number of suspects who could have had him killed, you know, in, in the prison. And let's be honest, they, they fucking killed him. He, he was killed. Everyone, I think everyone with, a, with two brain cells has accepted the fact that he did not commit suicide. Um, but it's interesting because you're talking about the NYPD earlier. Perhaps it was the NYPD and some, some good cops in there who had a little bit of jurisdiction and some authority to initially bring him in last year, which I, I remember... You know, I was in complete shock when he got arrested. I couldn't believe it. I thought maybe, maybe this is actually the possibility and the chance that one of these fucking guys is going to be held accountable for their crimes and something's going to come of it. And we were, I remember going into work the next day and my buddy who I've been talking about uh, to Epstein for a number of years was like, Oh, Epstein's going to die in three weeks of a suicide. You know, what happens a month later? So it, it, it's, it's like a self- After the first time you didn't try to commit suicide. It's the craziest thing in the world. Listen, I think that's, that's it. There was just so much pressure over so much time that people came forward. And like you said, the little guys, because sometimes we get, a turn, we get a win, right? There's good Why? people inside of all the systems. Good, look, there's good people in the FBI. There's good people in the CIA. There, there's good people in all levels of government and institutions because it's all, at the end of the day, it's all people. You know, John Kiriakou, John Kiriakou and Ray McGovern exist. That's right. That is correct. Nobody's perfect, but there are good people. Those guys are career CIA guys. They're, I can vouch for John Kiriakou. I've had breakfast with him. He's a great guy. Great guy. Great. great he's, he's, he, he's a great guy. We had breakfast at IHOP in Arlington. It was the greatest breakfast. And he told us Tim Kaine would be Hillary's running mate. And he was right. Almost two years before. That's, this, that's a true story, Burmester. Might I tell before, you that? This is before the primary, like, this is before Hillary announced. He was like, uh, yes, Hillary's running. Hillary's going to be the nominee, and they already made a deal with Tim Kaine. He's going to be the VP pick. Huh. Sounds like <laughs> that intelligence network might have some intelligence <laughs> they're not sharing with the public. Just so weird. So, Burmish, the, the takeaway is that Donald Trump is fucking neck deep in the Epstein thing, and the MAGA people in your QA, I call them QAnus, Q-A-N-U-S, because Q, Q is a total bullshit, like, like Eric Prince fucking stupid. It, it's so stupid, Burmish. I mean, I, I, I know you agree with me on this. The thing, the thing is, anonymous message boards on 
Reddit and wherever it is. It's so stupid and so fucking harebrained. They have an explanation for everything. But Trump, Trump is knee deep and neck deep in all this too, Bermis. Well, let's, let's talk about, I don't even know if I want to go into the QAnon phenomenon too much or, you know, the Trump apology network. Just trust the plan, Bermis. All right, well, just well Bermis, just, just, just give me your take on Q. But what I do want to go into is is Trump and Epstein really quickly and, and the evolution of that, right? Okay. And we've got to mention Khashoggi's yacht. Well, exactly. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to that point in a minute with the Khashoggi stuff. But let's start it off. Even before he's elected, he feels like he's got the gravitas with a Sean Hannity audience knowing from a guy like Roger Stone, who's buddied up with InfoWars. Nexium. That if he mentions Epstein and the relationship to the Clintons, it is going to be all over every single alternative media site. It's going to go viral. It's going to go supernova, folks. Folks, he went public. He went public, folks. He went public. You know, that along with we're going to find out Saudi Arabia financed 9-11. There were these people that he knew. Had, had a lot of truth, were in the mainstream, and he was comfortable enough saying and saying he couldn't be attacked. Now, that at, that, at least at that point, gave me the idea, yeah, maybe he had uh, a relationship with Epstein, but he hadn't molested anybody, et cetera, which still may be the case, right? However, then when you finally get him, and it's down to the nitty-gritty, you have the most prolific child molester slash billionaire slash arms dealer slash possible deep state operative ever also an american citizen and you kept el chapo alive but epstein didn't kill himself not once but twice okay all right all right so let's stop let's roll it back because we're going to roll it back now in the middle of that you have some of that come out via Wiki, Vicky Ward, who apparently is a demon, according to Maria Farmer. Yeah, yeah. She said she's just as bad as the FBI. Shows you how many layers there are to this gentleman. So many layers. There are a lot. It's so, like a layer cake. It's a layer it's cake. A layer cake. So she drops just a little hint, scan, hutch, as she was the one that was going to break the story for Vanity Fair and break the veil of the mainstream media alliance that Epstein had a relationship with Khashoggi and was involved in intelligence. And that's why uh, he's going to fucking, I can't remember him. The guy that looks like a frog, Acosta. That's why Acosta. <laughs> we can't touch him. He sees intelligence. Gave him. The sweetheart deal. Sweetheart deal because they told him. He was going to do it. They said, hey, you got a sweetheart deal. So first right. in this whole mess, they let Acosta give a press conference during the Epstein fiasco. When he's asked about the intelligence ties and the fact that, you know, he may have gotten a deal, he doesn't say no. He says, <laughs> he says, I saw that story too. And let me just say, I wouldn't believe everything <laughs> about the press. But I can't deny it on camera. <laughs> Literally within three days, Ugh. Donald Trump is next to him like this, like stink on shit. Yeah, they're <laughs> on the like, tarmac together. No no space whatsoever talking for him how he's decided to resign. What he did a great the, job. What in the fuck does that tell you? And then to make it full circle, bend over style, you know that he doesn't really get a say and he's a puppet of the deep state. They make him take Dershowitz as a lawyer 
oh. to defend him in the fake Russia gate. What else do you need to know? Yeah, let, let's just go ahead, Burmeson. Uh, Dershowitz is fucking dirty. He's been he's been pointed out as as an abuser, um, neck deep in the Epstein stuff. Numerous I mean, times, yeah, numerous times. What Burmes? Why is he still a free man? Because he's stealthy, man. He works inside the network. Why is he has a lot of friends? Still? Okay, so oh, all right, good lawyer. Well, and, keep, keep. And these guys are snakes, and sometimes you fucking get in bed with the enemy. We've seen it time and time again in a place called reality, gentlemen, to get in bed uh, with the <laughs> well, enemy. Here's, here's reality, folks. Joe Biden's a Democratic nominee for 2020. It's going to be the shortest fucking presidency you've ever seen. Nah, I don't think they're going to let him do it. Even today, they were like... They, like we're gonna is it Cuomo? What are they doing, Burmas? Well, what's going on with this Biden shit? I mean, give I mean, me a fucking crazy, break. right? Dude, well, well, like, well, we, all, we, we talk about it. There is, there is real cognitive decline. He, ha- he has dementia or there's something going on. It's not just his age. It's that he is – I mean, Bernie is older than – Bernie is older than Biden. Bernie's way sharper. Bernie's sharp. Okay. Biden well, is – there's something going on. Listen, man. I mean, I don't even know what to tell you. I could, I could pick up a, a thing of putty and it would be sharper than fucking Joe Biden. Literally, like <laughs> – this Can right here, this crumbled up piece of paper, like, nothing but like this jacket. This is sharper. Burma really, is, really is, Democrats? Really is, Democrats? Is, is Tara Reid telling the truth? Probably. In fact, I, I think I, so. I retweeted uh, the uh, Larry King, your mother calling in to Larry King. Today yeah, from years ago. I, I'd say this: Why is anybody surprised that Joe Biden, the guy in 2007 who sat next to Dennis Kucinich, and when asked, uh, everybody was asked to say something nice to the candidate to the right of him saying, what do you like about that person? He said, I like his wife. Oh, oh. I mean, he literally oh. said that Joey B style back then. He's Elizabeth's on- a very beautiful woman. She is yeah. very beautiful, Jason. We've met her many. I saw her recently. She's very beautiful. Dennis Kucinich is a very nice guy. You know, there's a, there's a reason he's not in public office anymore because he's actually legitimate. He's legi- what, do you, Burmus, what do you think about Dennis Kucinich? Do you like him? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the guys I speak up about that kind of got through the system and said a lot of truth and got out of politics. Who did he endorse in 2020? Who should he endorse? No, who did he? Don't tell me Biden. No, no, no. Oh, my God. It was Tulsi. Tulsi, of course. Tulsi. 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 Yeah, but then Tulsi ends up – listen, Tulsi should say, listen, I'd love to endorse Joe Biden because I want to be strong for the party, but the man has visible dementia and the worst record ever. So I yeah. can't do it. I can't do it. I understand. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand that, Burmis. And and you know what? Kucinich is is a. I didn't know this, but he's a, he, he's a mentor. Well, I know he's a mentor to me because I've known him for. I met him in '07 for the first time, and he and I got to spend a whole day on Capitol Hill with him. He let me he let me follow him and shadow him for a whole day on Capitol Hill, and it, it was one of the most amazing days of my life, man. I learned so much just in those fucking few hours. He's a, he's an amazing guy. He's real. He's legit. And he was also a mentor to Tulsi Gabbard. He had a pretty big following in Hawaii. And before Tulsi got into elected office, looked up to Dennis. Dennis helped out. You know, he he was a mentor to Tulsi, and he endorsed her, he endorsed her during uh, 2020. So you know that that tells you something. If Dennis Kucinich says good things about you, if Ron Paul says good things about you, if Mike Gravel says good things, if Gary Johnson will say good things, you know you're probably pretty good. You're better than most. I'll say, I'll say you're better than most. And you know, obviously, I I'm 
rooting against that predator class that seems just have a uh, a lock on oh, the stranglehold. Yeah. Well, what what even political discourse can be? Not even what the conversation is. What it's allowed to be on even the digital platform that we're utilizing right now, right? Because I who knows if they'll get this in the keywords. Even though I'm a guy that has never said that the coronavirus is really a 5G outbreak, if I dare, like Dan Dix did yesterday, put 5G and coronavirus together on my title, I can say whatever I want about it. The Autobots, right? The AI automation just takes it down and says it's against community standards. That's a scary thing. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And, 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 you know, it's, it's lumped in with, uh, you know, the 5g and questioning that and wondering about it. I mean, David Icke going on London real with Brian Rose, that was unbelievable. Did you watch any of that premise? I, I did. And even though I disagreed with a lot of what I said, there's no reason to censor it. Right. 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 <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, you, I mean I, I'm off. I'm off YouTube. You're still on YouTube, Jason. I got kicked off YouTube. You're still on there. there you talk about DC with Emrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Em, you mean you and Emrick? You'll always have DC. Oh, it's like we'll always we'll always have what so is it, Mike? So for people who don't know, we Mike and the Jack and Brothers call Alex Jones Emrick because that's his middle name, and um, we've been out. Al- we've known about Alex Jones way before he was a a thing. Yeah, no, he's yeah. We've known about him for a long time. Jason's known him for a while. We so were you, the first ones to impersonate him accurately back in 2006. I'm going to say that right now. Okay, you can ask Burmis. <laughs> if you guys, it was you, you guys. You can ask Disco Dylan about that too. Okay. <laughs> can I get oh, a Jones, fucking... Jones? Can I get a Jones versus Jones? I know you both do Jones. Hey, look, 5G is real. It's horrible. Sandy Hook was a hoax. We're gonna buy Bitcoin. We're gonna buy shitcoin. Infowars.com. Uh, let me stop. Let me stop you there. I never said 5G was real, folks. Okay. I had a really bad batch of chili. Rex was at his mother's house saying bad things about me. This is what happened, folks. Infowars.com. RogerStone'sDefenseFund.com. I mean, I never, I never met Roger Stone. I wouldn't even know what he looked like. I don't remember. Permis, Permis, you went down to D.C. and I love that you were there. And you were there. It was fucking awesome, you know, for uh, whistleblowers and Assange and what you're doing. But you, you saw Rob do. You met up with Emmerich, dude. Just tell, tell us all about Jason Burmis reuniting with fucking Alex Jones and how many years it had been. Yeah, it'd been almost ten. Since we'd seen each other face to face, I think actually in 2012, you know, if you don't count me leaving in the middle of May of 2010, we saw each other at Bilderberg 2012, but we really didn't get to talk. I interviewed him really quick, vice versa. I think I was on his show really quick, you know, nothing big. Um, I've been on and off the show a couple times since I left, but not much. For those that don't know, again, Jones uh, produced several of my movies, but I was also the first person he ever uh, gave a show to. The Info Warrior. And I'll keep the goddamn moniker. That's right. I'll keep That's you, Burmis. Fuck Burmis. Yeah. You're the fucking best, dude. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah. Amen, I dude. It. You're, so, uh, anyway. You're better, you're better than Alex Jones. I'm just going to say that right now, Jason. Oh, I don't give a stop. fuck who it offends. You're, more, you're, you're not a sensational fucking moron, dude. You are solid, and you report facts, and you're not left or right. You're not a Trump toilet. You're real, and I love you. All right, go ahead. Thank you, man. Thank you. And that was kind of the point, because... I was there for a totally different reason, right? Um, my audience, again, through uh, not to shamelessly promote, but through my GoFundMe, we hit a certain mark. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go meet the, uh, the Action for Assange crew. 
and we're going to go talk about this uh, terrible extradition uh, with Julian Assange. So I go down to D.C., and I'm out in front of the White House, and um, I see Ford Fisher there. And I've never met Ford, but through working with We Are Change, I knew who he was, and I'd done stuff with him uh, before. And he mentions that uh, Owen Schroyer and the InfoWars crew are going to be around. <laughs> um, and Owen Schroyer was going to be there at the Roger Stone hearing. Moron. So, yeah, I was like, you know, I've never talked to Owen before. I think maybe this would be a good uh, time to talk to him about Assange if I can go to the uh, uh, Roger Stone thing. Because, again, as much as I don't like Roger Stone and I don't like that he's the godfather of modern-day lobbying, I think he got railroaded and should not be going to jail. 100%. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a connection point, and then we can have a real debate. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people have said, oh, Owen would destroy you. I'm like, Owen's great against the leftist. <sighs> Um, he's not going to be great against no, me. Burmus, Owen isn't good against intelligence. You are intel. You are an intelligent, fucking sentient, independent, strong-minded, like human being who has who has a grasp on the. Owen Schroyer is a dude. I don't want to insult him, but like, dude, nothing against you. I, again, Schroyer is good again when you when you're in that one paradigm, and it's very easy. To, right, paradigm's the separate. operative word. Yeah. Yeah. Disassemble the lies of the extreme left, right? Sure. Like, it's not hard. Sure. So, a anyway, I went there and I just missed Stone. InfoWars didn't show up, but um, it, I find out that there's going to be this national file emergency Alex Jones uh, thing <laughs> in DC, like four miles away, and it's free to go to. You can sign up right there on the website. And I'm like, what are the chances? You know? And at this point, I was staying with the Action for Assange crew. I hadn't even gotten a hotel yet. So I still had a little bit of money outside of what I'd spent on the car, right? And mm -hmm. so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go stay there. They can't really kick me out if I go get a hotel room there. <laughs> so I go, and it's this crazy, swanky hotel. Like, I have no business being in it. And you can tell, like, from, from all their history, it's where they have, like, a bunch of these little elitist events and whatever. Um, but the day I'm there, I'm about to leave and I see Jones with his new wife and I'm thinking as, as they're checking in. So at first I actually did a video. You can watch me walking around. I wasn't sure what to do. Um, I was kind of conflicted. I'm like, should I go and I should just talk to him now or should I wait until at least tomorrow? So I don't get kicked out of the hotel, especially if Alex wants to throw a fit. Cause you never know with Alex Jones, right? Like if I had just approached him, he spotted him, Rick Eric. <laughs> I mean, it could have gotten ugly in the lobby. You never know how it can go sweet or not. And I could have got kicked out of the hotel. Right. Right. So instead I decided to cool off, but I see him take his new wife uh, over to the bar. Okay. Okay. So I, I decide I'm going to go do a live stream. Yes. Go do a live stream. And you know what? I'm down to this one. I think I'm going to save it guys. I think Res. I'm going to try to have a dinner. I appreciate it. I'm going to have a dinner after this and not just go with a nine point uh 1% alcohol rating uh, well, we're having a liquid dinner so I think I you should do it Burmus. I'm going to peer press you I think you should do it infowars.com <laughs> anyway anyway so when I get back after my little talk I go to the bar and he's not there and I'm like all right probably for the best probably for the best so then the next day when the event is there uh Patrick Howley of National File is putting it on he's wrote for the Epic Times uh, a bunch of other independent organizations big league politics etc He's done my show before. So I hit him up and I schedule an interview with him. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him. And then I run into Lee Stranahan in the hallway and I talk mm. to him. And I get him on with Patrick. 
and we're doing this whole thing. I get done. Who walks by me? But Rob do. Hmm. We haven't seen each other in almost 10 years. Strike up a conversation, give each other a hug. Um, however, we have kept in touch. You know, when Jones was on Rogan, um, Dew was there. We were actually texting back and forth, oh you know, God. and, and I actually, I, again, I'll say it and I'm not trying to blow Rob's spot up, but back in January of 2019, I gave them the McGregor story right. uh, of McGregor being a violent serial rapist. I, I, you know, I don't know what else to say. If you haven't seen my stuff, guys, there's playlists. Um, but anyway, I did that. They wouldn't cover it, et cetera. But I thought this was even more important because we're talking about free speech. We're talking about the OPCW. We're talking about WikiLeaks, Assange. And you guys saw the video from there. You know, I, I took Rob to task on a lot of those issues in Assange. Alex rolled up with his uh, new wife and the shenanigans were afoot. You think Emmerich uh, had a nice little buzz going when he, when he showed up? Do you think he'd I mean, been... Listen, maybe, maybe not. I mean, again, the bar is there. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, it was an open bar at the event later. Um, he had promised me an interview after everything. But, guys, if you watched it, uh, as much as the back and forth and you beg for your job back. You guys love each other. It. Yeah, you guys love each other. I, well, I put him on the spot about Assange. I wasn't going to yeah. let him get away without talking. That was the right thing, Jason, too, because, you know, we needed him to comment on that because that is a free speech matter that transcends fucking everything, dude. The, 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 the fuckery and the crimes – and and a dude, whatever, whatever, man. Assange, Assange and, and the is, is that they can cry and yell to me all they want that they covered it, but they sure didn't cover the OPCW, which was mm. which. For those that don't know, that that is the confirmation through WikiLeaks recently, after Assange has been uh, officially, I don't even know to call it arrested because he hasn't been charged, but detained or whatever, and maybe tortured, charged, basically uh, tortured. That these attacks in Syria never happened. Hashtag okay. Tulsi. Right, yeah, and Tulsi's the one person that questioned Who's it. Who's the only one in Congress who had the balls, who had the, who had the, who had the courage to question yeah. it? So that not being covered by Alex was hurtful, and the fact that you know he's in D.C. at the same time they're trying to extradite him to D.C. and that's not on the agenda of a free speech conference. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make him answer the thing. I'm going to make. I'm going to put his feet to the fire. He would have done the same thing to me if I was as big as him with a megaphone. Ten years ago, yeah, exactly, out. exactly. No, I mean exactly. You know. So he did. He answered it, and on top of answering it at the event, it was a strong talking point with everybody. Even guys like Nick Fuentes, who showed up, had to comment on it. You know, I haven't put all that national file thing out there, but Millie Weaver had to talk about it. All of them had to talk about it. Owen Troyer had to talk about it. And I'll tell you guys, I didn't have a lot of interaction with Alex after that, right? Me and Do hung out. I hung out with Hank Harrison, some of the other InfoWars mm. crew. Um, way later in the night, we had some drinks. But the last thing I said to Alex when I saw him, and it was in passing because he was getting mobbed by people, is I – Touched his arm as we walked by, and I said, thank you, Alex. And he looked at me, and he gave me the gravel, <laughs> and walked away. And that was enough. That was enough. You know what I mean? And me and Du, um, you know, have talked back and forth. You know, we, we're still in touch. And, and the thing is that, you know, I'm still going to hold his feet to the fire on the Chi-Com Democrat narrative. And you have to. Uh, but at the same time, just like, you know, Next News Network and Franchi, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, are too much of Trump cheerleaders. They just gave me an audience 
of you know 1.5 million people potentially you know what i'm saying yeah now that audience gets to come and hear a conversation like this and maybe hear my perspective and hey i don't think orange man bad but that doesn't mean everything orange man do is good orange man not perfect yeah, we're not we're not just about bashing Trump. We're not just about bashing the left. We're about looking at the facts like you are, Burmis. And I think that's why we've been friends all these years, man. We called bullshit on 9-11 in the Iraq war very, very early on. And uh, we kind of that informs everything going forward. So we've been going just over an hour, an hour uh, now. So what do you guys think, Eric? Do you have another question or Burmis? Wow. Do you have? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just I want I want to know Burmus, what is the most pressing thing that you're working on right now? What is something that people need to know about um who might not know about it and and uh, where we can where we can find you? Well, it's tough. Uh I think the most pressing thing now is where we go forward as a nation and a world in light of the post-coronavirus, whether you want to call it hysteria, pandemic, pandemic, event 202, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's definitely a global transformative event. And now's the time to push back. And there were plenty of states that did push back, New Jersey being one of them um, with arms. I would just say people need to really pay attention and look outside of not only a left-right paradigm, but a U.S. versus China paradigm or a U.S. versus Russia paradigm or a capitalist versus communist paradigm. And really look at that paradigm where there is a predator class that looks at the rest of us, whether we, you know, salute the Chinese flag or the American flag as just another bug. And that doesn't matter whether you have $10 in your bank account, 10000 or even $10 million. They look at you as nothing. Again, the people at the Bohemian Grove are looked at as their middle class folks so we're not talking about the one percent we're not talking about even the point one percent we're talking about the point zero zero one percent at the top one, one of any of point one percent of one percent of point one percent of zero 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 point one percent ben and jerry's yes ben and jerry's is delicious by the way uh so good yeah no you're I, I i i i agree burmas i think you're right man i and, and i think i think you were you and Whitney Webb have talked about this. Epstein, Epstein was viewed as middle management in this whole deal. Exactly. A billionaire. A man that absolutely had a billion dollars in wealth and assets. No doubt about it. Many a passport they don't want to tell you about. And uh, a lot of access points to other elitists to control global events. That's what these people are, man. And... We, we have to push back as much as we can because I think that especially now an AI-driven, um, post-human, singularity-type society is what they want and what they're pushing for. And uh, this track trace database society we've been living in for a long time is now going to be a post-physical money society if they get their way within the next decade. And uh, that's very apparent. Just with the, the, the mechanisms and levers they were able to move in such a short period of time based on an invisible enemy that's origins are unknown, right? No matter what you want to speculate is frightening enough. Yeah, I think this has been a great excuse for the powers that shouldn't be um, to advance their agenda even quicker than it probably would have been without this, without this disaster. 
right? I mean, they're, they're ushering in, right, that you're talking about a cashless society. Um, po local police departments are getting people to sign up for surveillance willingly. Um, I was talking to a local business owner today who said that they were going into their business just to check on things and people were taking photographs of them outside, you know? So it's like, it's like people applauding big brother and people kind of, you know, wanting it and finding a comfort from it. And, uh, for anyone who's been paying attention, you know, for, uh, any amount of time, that's kind of scary, you know? Hey, you know, it is. And, uh, you know, once again, with uh, all my predictions on this, I'm very glad to see that New York city wasn't encapsulated. I'm very glad to see, uh, there wasn't the military presence I had feared there was going to be. I'm very glad to see even Cuomo, pushed back on Rhode Island when they went door to door with the National Guard looking for New Yorkers. So um, that also shows you sometimes middle management will say, fuck you to upper management. You know, yeah. that that's the real thing. And as right. gangster as I think Cuomo and his brother are, there might be limitations <laughs> to where Mr. Nipples pierced is willing to go in New York state. So Burmis, this is, we haven't even gone, gotten to this, but I watched your video because Robbie Martin hit me up. Well, he, he posted on my Facebook when I posted about Out of Shadows documentary. And I turned to you, Burmis, to your take on it and your review on it. And I watched, you did like a 15, 20 minute review of Out of Shadows and I thought it was brilliant. And it, it's, it basically summed up how I felt about it. So... If you could talk a little bit about the Out of Shadows documentary, what your takeaway was from it, what was bad about it, what was good about it? Yeah, you know, and, and Out of Shadows, a lot of people were, you know, uh, obviously going to attack me and say, oh, you're just jealous and this and that. And I was like, no, I mean, as far as a film goes and the narrative, the pacing, the production value, we're talking top of the line, right? We're talking top-notch, gets its story across. The guy's story is incredible. Sean uh, Stone did that, right? Was Sean that, Stone? Sean Stone did Out of Shadows? I don't think so. No, I think it was that uh, – that isn't Sean Stone. Uh, it's somebody else. He wasn't involved at all? I, I don't think Sean Stone was involved. Maybe he wasn't on Being Ignorant, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Um, may, maybe he helped it along the way. I don't know, but they did a great job on that aspect of it. Um, some of the presentation, again, only because – you have somebody who's being interviewed that bought into farces like JFK Jr. was alive. Oh, that's um, shit. Or Cute. promotes that, for, for instance, Tom Hanks is a definite pedophile when, as far as I've seen, there's only one anonymous accuser that has no um, documentation whatsoever that, you know, she even accused this guy in a court of law. And yes. for me, that's not enough. Sarah now, Ruth, saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that's not a possibility with Hollywood stars, et cetera. But before you start going and saying those things, you better have, um, uh, you know, at least some real evidence to point to. Right. So you're easily going to be discredited. And uh, one of the other things, and, and this is a minor gripe of mine, um, when they covered the Pato gate or Pizzagate stuff, I, I would have led with maybe the pool email. You know, pool, you know, a bunch of kids in a pool with their uh, ages, their ages, and entertainment, you know, no one looks at that. And then they're like code words. You can get into the code word stuff later on. Um, but again, overall, I think I gave it a seven out of 10. Right. And, it and honestly, I probably would have given it a 10 out of 10 if they had presented all the information the same, even with those code words, without, say, somebody that promoted the uh, JFK Jr. thing, right? Or 
Uh, even Kevin Ship, I believe his name is. And this isn't a knock against Kevin. Right. I, I don't know a lot of his stuff. He's CIA. And we've seen what other CIA, I mean, he, he could be good like McGovern 10 years from now. Hell, I had Ray McGovern in Fabled Enemies. I'm glad <laughs> right. I had Ray McGovern in Fabled Enemies. You know, yeah. I don't agree with everything Ray says either. Still don't. But he's never come out and said, you know what? There are a squadron of molested children on Mars, <laughs> and we have interstellar travel. Oh, Steel! That, that was Steel said Kevin that, right? By the way, but that's Robert David Steele, right? Yeah, Steele, a guy, a guy who had yeah. great information on InQtel and Google and so many things that turned into a very obvious grifter. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that, Burmis. We're gonna wrap it up, so. Tell everybody, Burmers, where to find you, how we can support you, what you're working on, and um, give it to us. It is youtube.com slash InfoWarriors, as long as they let me keep my channel with, of course, no monetization. That's why you can contribute to the GoFundMe, but make sure to thumbs this video up, subscribe, and share. And my audience, if you're not involved with the Jackman Brothers, you need to be. You need to be involved with the Jackman brothers right now today. Give us a look. We're running for Senate. Give us a look. <laughs> I'm I'm Joe Biden. I'm running for Senate. Give me a look and let me smell your hair. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and then Just they can that. follow me on Twitter, man. Um, you know, I'm on the Twitter at Jason Burmis. You've been glaring at it all day. And all my documentaries, they're free. I want you to check them out. I want you to share them. They're hard to find. You saw, I mean, you can Google them. That's going to be tough. Google doesn't love Jason Burmis, but we're at 50K plus strong, 52K almost. And uh, we're going to continue to grow, man. It just shows you people want something outside of the official narrative. They want somebody that isn't just going to raise a flag because that isn't going to say, I'm a donkey or I'm an elephant or, Ugh. you know, I mean, come on, man. We're so tired. Things. It's so tired. So tired. yeah, people are sick of it. I agree. Burmis. People are sick of it. And, uh, that's why we think that you're one of the best, um, you know, not just independent journalists, but one of the fucking best journalists out there. You don't have a vested stake in a big corporation. You know, you're not Anderson, Anderson Cooper uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. You know, you're not one of the Como boys. You know, you're just you doing know, your Andrew, thing, man. I'll tell you, as much as I do not like his policies, I, I cannot stand his policies, especially the vaccine stuff. I go on and on. I'll say this, man. Boy, does he have some hot daughters. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> I'll drink I'll drink to that. I'll drink to your leg. I'll drink to your leg. So Oh, so there it is. He's a sexist, is he, that Burmese? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. No. No, I, I I I kinda kid. But at the same time, you know, um, he's very smart. You know, he is. I've watched these and I understand why people fall under his voodoo. You know, he hasn't panicked. And as far as like getting the state ready, you can argue all you want, but he did his best to over-prepare. And I think that that was actually the right move. And he yeah. pushed uh, back against militarism. So I don't want to give him many points. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a Clinton era guy. He worked hmm. in the HUD group there nationally. Um, not good news, but I mean, when you're dealing with gangsters, at least he's a charismatic one. And, and, and you know what? The whole thing is overall, dude, we, we were just sent to document the event, Burmese. <laughs> just to document it we're just here to document it yeah just exactly document. all right all right yeah we're gonna wrap things up Burmis, thank you so much man it's been a really fun uh great interview and i'm glad we could make this happen and uh 
Thank you again to Post and Beam Brewing for sponsoring Politics and Pints, as always. And uh, we'll see you guys next time for another episode. Cheers.